You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Well, hello, one and all. It's episode 237 of the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast, and I am the aforementioned Pimpcron. We're brought to you today by our beautiful, sexy, extra crispy, totally doable Patreon patrons, and I appreciate each and every one of you. Smooches, smooches, and air hugs. Also, gamemat.eu for pre-painted terrain. That's resin and STL files and neoprene mats and all sorts of stuff. Go check them out. Event 10 is 10% off your order from us and uh then we've also got what is this other sponsor oh it is panhandle3d.etsy.com that's their new website and they do 3d printed terrain and they do um custom um engraved mugs and they do dice trays and they do combat gauges and they do do literally anything you can think of i'm excited to partner again with them for shorehammer this year again and we'll be making a big old order of terrain now you can get 15 percent off that order and of course that code is ph3d15 off for 15 percent off your order ph panhandle 3d 15 off so go ahead and check that out so what are we talking about today? Well, we only have two segments other than the intro because I uh, had quite a wild trip this weekend and the um, the real talk actually goes on for quite some time. I had a lot of research that went into that segment. There was a lot of math involved and um, I did some quick maths and I got it all done. So that actually took quite some time and the segment's a bit long too. So what is that segment I'm talking about? Well, how can you be the most extra war gamer that ever existed? How will you make them quiver and their knees tremble when they see you? Because that guy, they will say, is on fleek, as the children used to say. Or or you can just say, that guy is looking snazzy. Look at his awesome army, and I can only imagine how much money he spent on it. Because that is basically it. Everybody loves to say, oh, how much money can you save in Warhammer? No, no, no. No, I went the other way. How much money can you reasonably spend in Warhammer if money's not an option? So it's a pretty interesting segment, I think. Hopefully you like it, too. Then we have a Tesseract mailbox where Andrew drops a bomb on me. Holy crap. He said 10th edition Warhammer 40K is coming out soon. And we discussed that a bit. So this proposed changes, etc. What have I been up to? Well, Shorehammer tickets, shorehammer.com, is going to be on sale around April 1st, like normal, so I'm excited about that. Getting a bunch of events, you know, organized and people signed up for, um, you know, running events and all that. Maybe add some extra tournaments this year or whatever. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. So that's what I've been up to. I realized that um, the program that I made the Brutality and Shorehammer websites with is now defunct, and I cannot... Uh, upload anything on those websites anymore. So I had to completely rebuild my Brutality website, which I may end up changing over to yet another program. I don't know. It's been kind of a headache. And now Shorehammer is the same situation. I found out the Brutality thing about a week ago. So that's, that is fun. But you know what is not sarcastically fun? It is legitimately fun. I went on a bro trip this weekend with my friends. Um, it was actually the biggest group we've ever had for a bro trip. It was supposed to be eight of us, but at the last minute, two of them got sick. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sorry we didn't get to hang out with them, but we still had we still had a good time. So 
it was a really good time. I was supposed to be my friends Derek and Josh and me and James and Nick and Andrew and TJ and David. All these names, many of them you've heard of me mentioned before. Um, but Derek and Josh, the last minute, got sick. And um, they were nice enough not to give it all to us in a closed car. So... What we did is we met up with the Basement Wargamers up in um, Phoenixville, uh, Pennsylvania, near Philly. And uh, we did a whole trip there. And Derek got all of our hotel rooms and, and all of that. And it's very exciting. We were just playing casual games. At some point, we uh, arranged this like three months ago. And on my half of the organization and all that, my guys came through. My guys came in, and um, except for the two that got sick, everybody said they could come, came, and we had a, a great time all weekend. Basement Wargamers had a bunch of stuff come up, and um, uh, we still had a great time. We, we played literally all day. Um, we got to see our friends, Sean and Jason and Jared and Max, and um, so that that was cool. Um, some of our Shorehammer buddies. Uh, Jared did actually stay with us all day, and I did get a game in with Jason, so that was good. Um, but it did kind of, it, it was a little, not exactly what we had planned, but you know, I guess stuff comes up, right? The point is, is that me and my buds got to ride three hours together in a car and, you know, shoot the bull and talk crap and all that and go up there, spend all day playing Warhammer. We played against each other. We played against different people. We did one-on-ones. We did two-on-twos, bunch of different stuff. My very first game was against my uh, basement Wargamer friend, Jason. And um, I played my Grot Tanks, because this was all supposed to be casual. It was nothing serious. My Grot Tanks versus his Chaos Space Marines. Now, I know there was evidence that he was being nice to me, because I was rolling utter garbage. Some of his decisions that he made, um, I feel, were going soft on me, and I appreciate it. I took <laughs> I took the charity, because I could not roll. I, I failed a 4-inch charge with double ones. And, um, at one point his demon prince had what two wounds left. And I was going to get a victory point because one of the things we said is we would kill the leader of each side for a victory point. And he had two wounds left. And at one point my custom mega blasters and my grot tanks got, uh, 10 shots hitting on fours. Well, I only hit three times out of 10 hitting on fours. Okay. Then wounding him, I should be wounding on threes. I wounded him twice, and then he saved one of them. And I'm like, okay, good. Still, on a two-up, I'm going to kill him, and I rolled a one for the damage. Correct. I rolled a one for the damage. So his Demon Prince survived the entire game, and uh, I was nearly wiped off the board. I mean, he did take a lot of casualties, too, but um, uh, we actually ended up tying 5-5, five to five, which was pretty shocking. But um, the Grot Tanks are pretty decent. Um, so I had fun seeing Jason and all of them. Then my next game was actually against TJ. We did a lightning, like a 500 point game because everybody else was still wrapping up their games. So we did a very uh, small 500 point game and um, a lot went against TJ. So the very first turn, my Grot Tanks did an alpha strike and you will not believe they wiped out a Paladin squad because those rockets are uh, three damage each and they're uh, Rend 2 or AP 2. So uh, that that wiped out a five-man Paladin squad on the first turn. And uh, he ended up losing by about a point. It was either five to three in my favor or five to four. But either way, that Alpha Strike is what really hurt him in the beginning, and it was hard for him to come back. But had we gone one more turn, then he would have won because I was nearly wiped off the table again. <laughs> so 
Then the third game we played was uh, TJ and I teamed up our Age of Sigmar. I brought Cities of Sigmar. TJ had his Soul Blight versus uh, the new Blades of Corn and um, Night Haunt. And we played against them. They got an early lead, and we really could never catch up with them, unfortunately. Uh, we had a couple good rolls, and other things didn't go our way. So it really it was a kind of a rough game points-wise. It was like 12 to 4 or something of that nature. 12 to 5. It was it was pretty rough, actually. Um, it was still a fun game, and they were totally fine. I, I love Jared. He's one of my favorite guys from Basic Wargamers. Um, they were nice about it. They were very easygoing and relaxed, you know, but it just, I don't really, I can't really pinpoint it. I think partially the new corn book is pretty darn solid, and uh, Night Haunt, of course, are also pretty solid. Cities of Sigmar are a little bit on the back burner. Um, I think Soul Blight's fairly decent. But uh, we were just playing casual, and you know, there's it's kind of hard to make sure everyone's completely balanced with that. Um, but it was still a lot of fun. We went out to dinner, and then we came back, and uh, we had to. We didn't have much time left at the store, so we had to play a very small game. We essentially played a thousand points versus a thousand points with two on two. So I had five hundred, TG had five hundred versus Nick and David, and uh, we played this weird little scenario. But we were so crunched for time that we just decided everything's an extra damage, which is, as you can imagine, one extra damage goes a long way, um, especially in Age of Sigmar where wounds do spill over. So that was all fun. Uh, afterwards, we the store closed at 8, so we had some time. We went and got ice cream, and then we went to the hotel room, and then David brought his Switch. We played a bunch of like a trivia games and stuff like that. One very sad part of this trip is that uh, Nick and I found that we can no longer be friends. We have unreconcilable differences. I love Dunkin' Donuts, and he unfortunately ah, is a Starbucks snob. So that really it really hurts me because we won't be able to hang out anymore. Um, also, he made fun of me for drinking coffee out of a straw because I don't like to put my lips on the lid of like whoever's handling my my cash and my change at the drive-thru and they like slap the lid and rub their their nasty hand all over it. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a little odd like that, so I don't like put my mouth all over and just licking whatever they were touching with their hand, you know, via proxy. Another little interesting note is um unfortunately there was no Elvis impersonator shenanigans at any of these restaurants, but it did take seven right-hand turns to find our hotel amidst all of these uh, these winding and unwinding on and off ramps of all these highways around the hotel, which was pretty interesting. And also, the first time we went by the hotel, there was three cop cars and an ambulance at the lobby. And that's when we decided, you know what? Let's go get ice cream. I don't need to, you know, be in the middle of a shootout here. So we went... <laughs> And we weren't even, we were staying at a nice hotel. I mean, it was a Hilton. It wasn't even a, wasn't even a problem, but I don't know. They were having some sort of ruckus. So we went ice cream, came back and all the cops were gone. So I was thinking, you know, it'd be really fun is while all the cops were there. If all of us just sprint into the lobby, just sprint right up to the desk and be like, hello, I'd like to register or whatever. And of course they'd think something's going on. And then, you know, on second hand, it's probably not a good idea, but it was still a very fun trip. I'm sure I'm forgetting some part of it that I should mention, but uh, there was no Elvis impersonators, which is pretty, pretty disappointing. So all in all, I give this trip one out of 10 because uh, Elvis impersonators take up at least eight out of 10 in my scale. Anyway, that's enough rambling, lots of rambling in this episode. So let's get on with the Tesseract mailbox. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. 
Well, if it isn't time for the Tesseract Mailbox, and today we have a letter from Andrew, 17-time Shorehammer winner. It's probably more like four, but it feels like he wins every time. Hey, <laughs> hey, pimp, I know you don't keep up with news articles, so I figured I'd throw you a message. 10th edition 40K. Wow. What? 10th edition 40K? 10th edition 40K? I might just have to emerge from my cave and check this out. He writes, they actually listen to the complaints. Hmm. Andrew, have they, though? Have they? Free rules. Okay. Free points. Okay. Easy to build army rules. Detachments are gone. Okay. Don't need to carry around a stack of books. Well, for now. Let's let's just stay let's just say for now, Andrew. Everything released for free at launch. Okay. At launch. Good. This this all sounded good. The combat patrol start collecting boxes. Our basic level intro box to 40k and supposed to be balanced against each other. Um I mean, generally speaking, I think I agree with you. Most of the Combat Patrol boxes look like they're a fairly good mix of stuff and not too skewed one way or the other. Um, a handful of stratagems per army and some in the main rulebook, Siege of Sigmar. Now, that is something that really excites me. If we have more generic stratagems and fewer specific stratagems, that would be really cool. I've said that since the beginning. You have me on record saying that. Just go back like two years. He says, take what you want, but you can't include more than three of a unit or up to six for troops. And I'm like, eh, okay. I mean, basically people are taking what they want anyway, but keywords seem to be back from the example of the Termagants card. And I think keywords, you mean uh, universal special rules, I think is what you mean, because I heard that as well. All good. How are we going to complain now? Just about prices? Andrew, listen to me, Andrew, okay? Let's get real for a second. There is nothing in this entire world that can stop me from complaining, okay? Uh, that is my promise to you. I don't care how benevolent our GW overlords are. I don't care how low they slash prices, haha. I don't care how much they give away. I will always be able to complain, Andrew, okay? No, but seriously, actually, I'm very cautiously optimistic about 10th edition, um, I, my favorite time was the beginning of eighth when everyone had an index and everything was, mm, I mean, there were, there was certainly some wonky stuff, right? At the beginning of eighth, but it was pretty fun. It was simple. It was fast playing. It was, it was pretty fun. So I'm hoping that 10th edition will be like that as well, at least in the beginning before they allow the power creep to set in yet again. Andrew is one of four different people that messaged me or texted me or emailed me about 10th edition. <laughs> So I do appreciate everyone alerting me of that. And yes, hopefully just as you are, I am cautiously optimistic about 10th edition and I'm excited to see the change. I mean, it's not surprising. We were kind of expecting it to come out this summer, but um, I am pretty excited about it. Now, because nobody ever wrote in to the podcast, I mean, it's been a very long time. I just got rid of the hotline. Okay, um, so you can reach me at pimpcron at gmail.com or facebook.com slash pimpcron or instagram at pimpcron with a, a pimpcron tv with a just one p okay i'm gonna get on to the next segment now it's time for real talk with pimpcron well hello everybody it's real talk with the pimpcron and today our discussion is how can you 
be the flexiest of all flex boys in Warhammer. How much would it cost for you to become the premium most elite wargamer with the best material, the best equipment, the best looking army? Everybody loves to go on and on and on about, oh, how to save money. I'll buy this combat patrol, buy this start collecting. No, screw that, right? Let's see how much it would actually cost if you really went balls to the wall on your armies. Now, I'm talking about rolling up in style dressing in style, transporting your army in style, having a stylish army, have the best and most expensive of everything. How much could you spend if money was not an option? Now, you know it's tax season here, at least in the U.S., and a lot of you are getting checks coming back to you in tax returns. So let's say you, you're due for a big tax return, okay? Let's say you got a big promotion at work or a big... uh. uh bonus. Or let's say maybe you're looking at all your kids and you're looking and you're going, mm, you know what? I don't think we need a college fund. Well, you can liquidate that now and use it to be the flashiest of all flashy wargamers. Now, with everything, okay, you have to be, I tried to stay within reason. This segment actually took quite a bit of research. And it's all obviously estimations, right? The same points in custodies is going to be different than the same points in, let's say, orcs. When it comes to the models, cost, the commission cost, all of that. It's just going to be different. So I had to try to make as many averages, find as many different sources for these costs, and basically come up with whatever the cost of generally the premium option for everything, okay? But the things that I found may very well amuse you. I sure hope they do. So let's say, with this newfound flashiness that you've decided to pursue, let's say that you want to start a completely new army. Now, generally speaking, and of course these prices are going up constantly, generally speaking, a 2,000-point army in 40K or AOS is generally going to cost you about $800, all right? That might include some start collectings, that might include in some buy units that you want to buy yourself, whatever, about 800 bucks. Okay. Now, if you want to have those professionally commissioned, what I found is like a middle-of-the-road commission price is about twice the price of the model, okay? So if you, if you paid $800 for that army it would cost you about $1,600 to have the whole army painted middle-of-the-road, painted well, better than tabletop, but not professionally, you know, uh, artistically painted, let's say. Now, if you are actually looking for, like, top-of-the-line, uh, top-of-the-line, top I'm an idiot, top-of-the-line commission painting, you're looking at four times the model price. And that does actually scale fairly well because single models, like let's say a Riptide, is going to cost a lot more than a, a Space Marine, but it's also going to cost a lot more for the commission as well. So let's say about four times for a top-of-the-line professional paint job. So you've got 800 bucks in your army, you've got $3,200 in the professional paint job, but boy, oh boy, is it beautiful. You got your money out of it. Now, what flashy army 
is complete without custom bases, custom resin bases, okay? It kind of doesn't matter. It could be ruins, could be cities, could be skulls, could be whatever you want. But generally speaking, custom bases for any size is about 20% the cost of the model, vaguely, okay? So that would be about $160 for custom-made bases. Now, what flashy wargamer would be caught dead without custom nameplates on the back of every single one of their bases? I did quite a bit of looking around, and one of the premier nameplate companies was about 10% of the model cost, okay? And that turned out to be about $80 for the entire army to be... Um, to be nameplated, okay? So you can type in, it's like 20 characters max, and you can get full rings, or you can get thin little things that glue on the back, whatever. So you've got a brand new mo brand new army, 2,000 points. You've got it professionally top-of-line painted. You've got custom resin bases, and you've got custom nameplates for all of your, you know, Sergeant McAss face, or whatever you want to call them. It's probably going to be dumb names, but it's going to be fun, and most of all, everybody's going to go, wow. Look at that guy. He's got a lot of money, which, of course, is the whole point of this whole segment. Am I right? All right. So why would you spend all this money and not arrive in style? Right. So you've spent all this money on your army and you're ready to play and all that, but you're not really the full picture. Am I right? So generally speaking, a nice modern suit and shoes is going to run you about $650 if you really, really want to look sharp. And that's not even the most ridiculously priced. I mean, that is, that's what experts supposedly say online. You take that with a grain of salt if you want. <laughs> that's what the experts say, okay? Now, I'm not actually going to include that price because that doesn't really contribute to your army. But if you, in case you're wondering, and in case you're really using this as a guide because you've got waste, you just, you just have piles of cash you're a regular walter white i'm not going to ask you how you got your money but you really just want to blow it to look like the coolest wargamer then about 650 bucks you can get a very nice suit hulks whole kit and the shoes okay not including that in the total price though but you still have to arrive in style even if it's not the clothes on your back even if it's not your car or something like that you need a deluxe army transport. Now, I'm not talking about your Sabal army transport. I'm not talking about your battle foam. Oh, no, no. Only the best for your hugely expensive army, okay? So I found a custom transport company that makes foam pluck transports for really all manner of things. They're actually used by scientists, used by the military. They're used by a ton of different industries. And the reason why is because they come with a long, long list of features. Now, let me just read you some of these features, okay? By the way, it's a $661 transport, but it would hold probably two full armies. But whatever you want in style right your guys got to have elbow room you can't have these guys transported close to each other you've got to have a little jacuzzi in the corner for them i mean you gotta maybe you could put your books in one half of it okay but it comes with a ton of stuff for 661 dollars if i can direct your attention to this 661 dollar pelican transport i assure you it will meet all of your needs for wargaming this 661 dollar transport is watertight it's crush-proof. It's dust-proof. It's a five-piece foam set 
Easy open double throw latches. Oh, not those chintzy single throw latches. Double throw latches, my friend. And fold down handles. Open cell core with solid wall design, strong and lightweight. Stainless steel hardware and padlock protectors that are also stainless steel, might I remind you. Automatic pressure equalization valve balances interior pressure, but it keeps water out. Now that's very important for your plastic army. Not to mention it's got an O-ring seal around the lid, causing it to be watertight. Now I know the thing that you're complaining about. I know the next thing on your mind, the tip of your tongue. It's right there. You're getting ready to write me an email about it. Pimpcron, what about humidity in my transport? Well, <laughs> Pelican Transport's got you covered. Optional humidity gauge changes color above 40% humidity, letting you know when your guys are getting a little sweaty in there. And finally, optionally, you can get a manual pressure equalization valve and personalized nameplate service. So, I also want to mention it's an overmolded rubber case. I don't know what overmolded is, but I assure you it's the finest you can get. This <laughs> is so stupid. So you roll up in your business suit. You've got your army in the fantastic Pretty much indestructible army case, trusted by millions, even used by scientists in the Arctic, is what their website said. So, trust me, your models are safe, kid, okay? You got them professionally painted, you got your custom bases, you got your custom nameplate, you're wearing your fancy suit, got new shoes on, right? Everybody's super impressed, and that's when you pull out your Asigmet tape measure. Now, you're thinking, it's a tape measure, what, what's the big deal, Femcron? Well, this is a $64 tape measure I want to mention. It's actually $65. $64.99. this tape measure, is a 3-in-1 digital laser tape measure. Okay? It's a 16-foot tape measure with a digital screen on top of it. Get this. It also has a Pythagorean mode. Yes, yes, a Pythagorean mode for measuring... Uh, triangles, I assume, right? A bunch of uh, geometry it'll do for you. But also, it does um, regular tape measuring. It's got it's got a real tape measure on it. But the the fanciest thing about this is that it's got a laser tape measure. So what you do is you set this next to your model and you point the laser light at the other model or wherever you need to go, and you know if you'll make that charge. You can actually tip it. And it will tell you how far whatever you're pointing at is away from your tape measure. So this is actually kind of cool. And this is almost one of the things <laughs> I was actually tempted to actually buy. I'm not buying a $650 suit set, but $65 laser rangefinder is actually pretty cool. Um, and if that isn't charged or whatever, um, because it doesn't need to be charged. But even if that dies, I mean, you still have the Pythagorean mode for crying out loud. Am I right? And you also have a regular tape measure. So um, this is actually pretty neat, though. The range, laser rangefinder is going to uh, mark line of sight between models, right? It's going to, you're going to be able to tip it so that you can find how far you can move without actually sticking a tape measure out, which is pretty cool. You'll be able to know how far your charge is by simply shining a light on the base of the other model. That is pretty freaking cool, actually. Now, what about dice? Well, you know, Games Workshop sells a lot of expensive dice, and uh, Chessex are pretty cheap, but there's several different companies that make expensive dice. Well, what if I'm actually giving you four options here? 
I wanted to go absolutely ridiculous and say, what if you wanted solid gold D6s? It may not be as expensive as you think, but it probably is. So how much do you think a 36, because that's the standard, right? It's a Chessex cube. A 36 count solid gold D6 set. It's $4,600, but you can buy it. That's the amazing part. If you've got an extra 4600 coming to you, you need to get this solid gold dice set. But I am not liable if you get robbed, because you probably will get robbed. And this, you know, everybody loses a dice now and then. This is going to be a dice set that you're going to be pissed when a dice rolls under the refrigerator. Because it's nearly worth more than the refrigerator. <laughs> now, if you want to be a little more reasonable, let's say you're a little frugal, okay? Solid silver dice, 36 set, is $2,700, not $4,600 like the gold. And then if you wanted a solid uh, titanium 36 set is $702. I mean, now you're getting a little more. I mean, this is still uh, absurd, clearly, but you're getting a little more reasonable. Now, the one thing that I actually did look at, and I know this is kind of silly, for a 40 count, because they don't sell them in 36, a 40 count of solid steel dice that are milled is 100 bucks. And I mean, honestly, they're probably pretty cool and that might be something that i don't know if i really really wanted to spend money on something i might buy now i spent um like 60 or 80 dollars a long time ago um on solid milled aluminum dice and they were like 60 bucks or something now it's probably more now because of inflation and all that but um they, they are still pretty cool i still like them they're pretty neat um, of course, I did lose one of them, right? I bought 36 and now I have 35 of them. Go, go freaking figure. But for the purposes of this, let's say that you're going with the steel dice just to make a an entrance, but you're not going so crazy that you're going to buy the gold dice, okay? So how much would it be to completely arrive in style and be the most extra war gamer anybody has ever met? Can I get a, like a, a drum roll or something? For the cool sum of $5,066, you too can be the next Wargamer to have a 2,000-point army fully assembled, fully professionally painted to the highest standard, with custom bases and nameplates. You're rocking it up in your 600-and-some-dollar Pelican transport that you could leave out in the Arctic for 10 years, come back, your army's still fine, okay? And don't forget, your solid steel dice and your fancy schmancy laser rangefinder tape measure, $5,066. Okay, well, thank you to GameAd.eu for supporting the show, as always, and Panhandle3d.etsy.com. Thank you for supporting the show, and also my beautiful, sexy, scrumptious, slightly crispy Patreon patrons. I love you all. See you next week.